0: Shot of Corner llegó el gol de Olivier Giroud marca el Arsenal marca Olivier Giroud gol de los Gunners This is our last extra Hello there, welcome to another Ask Cast Extra, as always, with James from Gunnerblog. Goodly morning to you! Goodly morning! We're back! We're back after, it seems like ages, doesn't it? It does seem like a
1: long time. It isn't a long time, let's no. be clear. Mm. We, we, someone tweeted me saying, when is the Arsecast Extra coming back? And I was thinking, we've only missed one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it does feel like a
0: long time. Like a fortnight. You've been ab- abroad. I have. I have. It was, it was really lovely, I have to say. A week on the beach, swimming... Not swimming, swimming some more. It was, uh, it was very, very enjoyable, I have to say. I love Spain. I love where we went in Spain, just outside Barcelona, where, a town I used to live in, a town mm-hmm. that I'm going, yeah, I wouldn't mind living here again, actually. like Yeah, I'm sure. Like now, there was a point during the holiday where I said to Mrs. Bloggs, will we just send for the dog and just stay <laughs> here? We can live like vagabonds on the beach for a while. That'll be where fine. was the dog while you were away? He was in kennels. He was in nice. kennels. Yeah. Did he have a nice time there? Do you think? A I don't kennels? think he did. No, he didn't. Right. He didn't seem to have a nice time at all. Um,
1: he gets. Did he, he bring you anything back from the kennels, like a Toblerone from Duty Free? Or
0: no, like just no. a sort of a look in his eyes, like, why? why? Why couldn't I come to Spain? Why? No. Why did you? Why did you leave me? Why would you do that to me? Yeah. I thought we <laughs> thought we were friends. What's going on? It's always a tricky one. It is. It is. But no, it was very nice. I really enjoyed it. It was a good break. I spent a lot of of time in the sea, had a lot of ham. James, I have to tell you, I had a lot of ham on ruffles. Yes, I saw. You sent me photographic
1: evidence. Yeah. Uh, Amazing. I mean, they are... They're as good as I have always
0: insisted, right? Yes, they are. They had them in the beach, but in the supermarkets, they had them in the super big packets. Yeah, they're So you come back from the beach and, you know, you're a bit salty and everything else from being in the sea. And, uh, you know, you go back to the hotel room and chomp away in some ham on ruffles until you are essentially about 25% salt. That's it. You're a
1: yeah. little salty, so you just decide to add. It's, it's sort of quicker to just become entirely salt than yeah. it is to try and get clean.
0: <laughs> but still, it is nice, after being away, to come back to the calm, rational, non-obsessive, drama-free, un- unfailingly polite world of online arsenal. It really is. Yes,
1: it is. It's an, it's an ocean of calm, actually, mm. isn't
0: it? <laughs> we'll touch on that shortly. So how was uh, your weekend? Um, you, you seem to have a very, very good weekend, as your Instagram showed. Yes, this weekend I went to visit, my mum has just acqu-
1: acquired, is that is that the right word? A new puppy. Oh. And um, yeah, a little puppy called Blossom. She's some sort of, she's a cross between a Jack Russell and some sort of furry terrier type. Right. She is very, very, very cute. Like even in the, you know, all puppies are cute, right? Mm. But I think even within that sort of within that scale of puppy cuteness she's still punching she's still high up on that yeah. um so yeah that was great fun so i basically spent yesterday having a a puppy like crawl all over me and climb on me and oh. chase me and i mean it was great times to be honest it's the
0: best it's the best it doesn't get much better than no, that no really doesn't i put a beer can up a chicken's arse and barbecued it okay The chicken was dead at this point. It was, yes. I didn't... I I didn't... It would have been difficult to get a beer can up a live chicken's arse, I would say. Uh, Even a dead one's tricky, but I mean... So why a beer can of... uh, A a full can of beer? Well, no, about a third full can of beer. And uh, your chicken, you have your chicken there, and then you, 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 you can rub in what you want into the chicken... Sure. It's a
1: lubricant if you're going to do that, I
0: imagine, (laughs) but yeah. Uh, You know, a bit of pepper and garlic and and cayenne pepper and salt, and you rub it all over the chicken, and then you shove the beer can up its ass, Mm. and then you put it on the barbecue, and you sort of use it as a use the legs to make a tripod, basically. So the chicken sits upright on the barbecue, and you pile your coals either side of the chicken, and then you slowly... Slowly cook it, rotate it about every fifteen minutes, turn it around, turn around. After about an hour and twenty minutes, you have got a super well cooked chicken with a can of beer up its ass. Still, wow! Mm. Is
1: that a Spanish delicacy, a Catalan thing? Or? N-
0: no, I don't think so. I don't no? think so. No, I saw some guy on you YouTube. You just invented it. <laughs> I didn't know. I saw some guy on YouTube. He was an American guy. You might be surprised to to hear. Mm, they yeah. often are. So no, I did it. It was good. It was enjoyable, and I ate the chicken. Great,
1: yeah. Great. Well, it's good. I'm glad you've been on holiday because basically, the world appears to be ending around us. So you know, it's uh, I know. been nice for you to be isolated from that.
0: I know, I know. There were there were times when I thought, no, maybe I'll just stay up a mountain uh, or just Genuinely. you know get far away from stuff. It's crazy, but still, but still, we have to we have to talk about Arsenal and all the Arsenal things that are going on because Arsenal, the Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal. Yes, indeed. Well, they've even
1: sort of played a match of football, haven't they, Arsenal?
0: They have, yeah. Yeah, very, very uh, disappointing result, I have to say. I'm I'm beginning to think that this season is a write-off already, losing 3-0 to, to Boreham Wood. Is that not your hometown club, James? It gents? is my hometown. That's where I went
1: to visit the puppy. It's where my mum lives. Um, it's where I had my first Nando's. Uh, it really is <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of an integral part of my upbringing. I still so. haven't had a Nando's. Really? no. Wow. Do you have them in Ireland? Yeah, we have one. Yeah, yeah. We've got we one. one. I mean, there's a bewildering ordering system, but once you get beyond that, it's it yeah. pretty good okay. value.
0: I, I, I think I'll probably just stick with the, the beer can chicken. You'd have to request that, I think, especially, to be honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, Boron
1: Wood, who I don't think he played against us in their last friendly against Reading, had Yakubu Ayegbeni in their side. No way. Yeah, seriously. Wow. Um, in a sort of Chris Ray turning out for Bishop Stortford turn of events, the thirty, pff, I think he's thirty three. Yakuba uh, turned out for <laughs> I know, I know, uh, turned out for Hertfordshire Side Boreham Wood. Right, um, but the trial obviously ended. I don't know. Maybe it, he is it. Is it Boreham Wood or Boreham Wood? There's some debate... Actually, this had this very debate in my house yesterday. Wow. Uh, Between that I, and the puppy,
0: it really was the
1: best it, of days. It really was a thriller. And I watched Independence Day, the original. So <laughs> it was a big day. <laughs> puppy was terrified, didn't know what was going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought I was just watching the news briefly, to honest, the way things are going.
0: <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Will Smith really is saving the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, three-nil to Borrowind Wood in Fine. the,
1: the McNicholas Derby. Incredible. <laughs>
0: There were uh, no Arsenal players of any uh, repute or note playing in that game, though. We should point out it was an under-21 team. Um, mm. And Arsenal's first pre-season friendly takes place this Friday against lons Yes. Yes. Um,
1: that will be intriguing. I mean, uh, to, see, to be honest, just to see who's involved. Um, I'm not fully at speed with who's in training. I know Jack Wilshere's back, thanks to England's... Uh, Sort of glorious <laughs> failure, uh, out, not no, not glorious, inglorious.
0: Well, say. I mean, in fairness to Jack, he needed a good rest, didn't he? After playing 140 minutes all of last season and then playing for about an hour in the European Championships, you know, a guy must yes. have been absolutely out in his feet. <laughs> <laughs> he must be. Yeah.
1: He's shown some real real commitment to get back in training this quickly. Mm. Um, Joel Campbell, we know he's back. Thanks he's to all the dot com. Yeah, and, and then I'm-
0: there's
1: all the guys who didn't didn't go.
0: I guess. Yeah. yeah. I guess uh, Petr Cech would be back. He'd be coming back, would he, this, uh, this week?
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got the likes of, you know, Gibbs, Debushi, Murtasaka.
0: Gabrielle is back. Monreal, Callum Chambers. Who else? Theo we got? Walcott, of course. Theo Walcott's in there. Yeah, posting videos on on Twitter of him doing exercises, like the mo- like a montage from Rocky or something.
1: Amazing. It's like when Owen Hargreaves did that little video of him training to prove that he could run. And then retired about two days later. <laughs> yeah, I know. Somewhat tragic to work for BT Sport. The tragedy tragedy gets deeper. Yeah, But, um, yeah, I, I mean, that will be, I guess, interesting of sorts. I mean, it'll be a football match. Yeah. If that's what you want, there you go. There you get one. I mean, now the Euros are over.
0: Did you go before or after the Euros? I went just uh, before the end, so... I got there on the Wednesday and then the yeah, there was some of the some of the semifinals. I watched the France who did France play in the semi-final? Germany. Germany. I watched the France-Germany semi-final in a bar, sitting outside along the beachfront, uh, with a load of French fans who were very, very excited uh, about the game and about the result, and ultimately, of course, it turned out terribly. I don't want to blow my own trumpet here, James, or anything like that, mm. but I did say, didn't I? Oh, did. the one, The one before we left, that I had this sneaky, sneaky feeling that Portugal were going to do it. You did. Credit where it's due. Um, I mean
1: i for one was pretty gutted <laughs> uh i I sort of for a start, I'd always back France, both you know in terms of my opinion and my actual money mm. um and I you know home nation winning's always a bit of a nice thing Portugal, I just couldn't get excited about their team at all, really, maybe just too much Ronaldo for my liking, um and even when he went off, I think it sort of allowed the cameras to be trained on him even more potentially, so yeah uh. Yeah, they they squeaked it, but you know some solid solid defending,
0: I guess. From yeah, Patrick good Williams defending. I mean, that? well, I watched the the final uh, in a bar, mm. funnily enough, uh, and I was I was There's really a theme, hoping emerging. There a is. theme emerging. Yes, yes, there is holidays story. and bars and football. Anyway, I I was watching and was obviously very disappointed by the game because it was so. You know, it's just a very disappointing final. Uh, France were fairly insipid. I think when Moussa Sissoko is the best player on the pitch, something is going wrong with your team. Sure. Um, but I was really hoping that they would win it in normal time. And the minute it got to extra time, I said, fuck this. And went for dinner. Went to have a nice dinner again along the beachfront. And there were some TVs out in the various bars. And then we could see the goal going in. It was like, oh, thank fuck. I just Mm. couldn't be, couldn't be arsed with that, you know, so a bit disappointing, but you know, ultimately I don't give a fuck. The only thing I really care about is perhaps the knock on effects for Lauren Cassiani and Olivier Giroud. Do you think that's something that we should be a little bit worried about? Would you be worried about how this is going to affect them in some ways? Because remember when the, when Germany won the world cup. Yeah, that's the and thing, the, right? There was a little bit of a what Arsene Wenger said was uh, a hangover that you 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 have this incredible high and then you come back and I think even Per Mertesacker, whose form suffered in the four or five months after the the World Cup, said it, you know it was difficult to. Not to to focus or be professional, but to sort of get your head around the fact that one minute you're, you know, champions of the world and now you're having to concentrate on domestic football again. So maybe there's something to be said for for not winning it. Maybe they'll come back and be energized and hungry and and motivated rather than sated by international success.
1: Well, we can certainly hope so. I mean, there's that paradox, isn't it? You sort of worry that there'll be a hangover from them losing, but when when a bunch of our players did win something in the summer, they probably weren't weren't at it when they when they started again. I mm. think what'll be interesting as well. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but Arsene Wenger seems to be very keen to give people the appropriate amount of rest this time round. Yeah, he's talking about you know potentially four weeks, so uh, that'll be some time for them to refocus. I think Giroud, I think Giroud enhanced his reputation. In the course of the tournament, mm-hmm. um, I thought there were some good performances from him. Kashani too, I think. I mean, the only thing for Kashani is I wonder if he might be a little bit disappointed the way he was turned on the on
0: the winning goal. But I mean, yeah. Somebody as- said to me, uh, sent me an email, um, which I haven't replied to. So if you're listening to this, apologies, I'm just working through an email backlog. But I think it was the the thing with the email was that he said Kashani was booked just a couple of minutes before the goal, wrongly booked. Mm. Maybe. For a handball or something like that. Um, of course, I didn't see it because I wasn't watching because I knew it was going to happen and I hated it. But he said maybe if Kersheny hadn't been incorrectly booked, he would have been more in that guy's face. What do you, I thought that I didn't think it was the greatest goal either. I think you would you be looking at your goalkeeper for that one. Uh, maybe. It was a little bit better check,
1: wasn't it? In terms of it was, some of the problems yeah. he had last season, down low to the near post. Um I thought it was I thought it was a decent enough goal, but uh yeah, I mean a former Swansea striker Adair winning it, who who saw that coming? Mm. Um I, I hope there's no hangover for the players. I think in some ways uh you might be right. Maybe they return with a bit more hunger than if they'd actually mm. won the thing, as much as I'm disappointed for them. Yeah. Um, and then a bunch of players went out of the semis as well, didn't they, Maz uh and Ramsey. So. Yeah. They yeah, again, while they, either.
0: well, I mean, I think Ramsey and Wales can can take uh, a huge amount of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, credit, obviously, but mm. they, they'll they take a huge amount of confidence from what they did in this tournament, getting to the semi-finals of the European Championships. You know, it's not a 16-team tournament either, it was a 24-team tournament. Uh, the draw perhaps was a little bit kind on, on that side, but uh, I think it'll do Ramsey some good, and I wonder if it's enhanced his reputation amongst Arsenal fans. You know, he's been... A bit of a lightning rod for criticism. And I wonder if, having seen him perform so well for Wales, you know, there might be a little more leeway given to him um, when he when he returns for Arsenal. Um, yeah. And Mesut Ozil, though, I think will be more disappointed because Germany would have been one of the teams that had ambitions of, of winning the thing. So, again, maybe he's uh, a guy who's going to come back and, and really kick on and, uh, and try and win something with Arsenal.
1: We can hope so. I mean, I think you're right. I think Rousey's performances will... Uh, win him some credit with the Arsenal fans. The the blame will presumably shift to the manager for for using him incorrectly next season. I imagine that will be the debate.
0: Well, I mean, I think that's all, that is the debate, though, isn't it? Where exactly do you use him? Where yeah. where do you put him in a team where perhaps the role that Mesut Ozil plays is the one that he likes best or performs best in? Uh, but again, maybe with somebody like Granit Xhaka, maybe there is a partnership there you know that would really work. So we'll we'll have to wait and see there's interesting things for the manager to to decide on um particularly in midfield. But obviously there are other issues that we need to address which mm. haven't been addressed. We mm. are uh, on Monday July 18th. There is still essentially 4 weeks to go until the start of the new season. Are you worried about the lack of transfer activity, yes. <laughs> well,
1: it depends what you mean by transfer activity. If you believe, you know, Di Marzio or whoever it is, we're linked with a new striker every day, but it mm. feels like these names are being slightly plucked from nowhere. I am a little bit worried if I am um, frank with you, which I will be. Shall we be frank? Yeah, James, podcast? I think we've got we've got that far in our relationship. You can be honest have. with me if you want. All right, I'm terrified. Now, I, I, uh, I, uh, now, I'm a little bit concerned. I'll tell you why, just because, obviously, as time goes on, the options dwindle. Mm. And, I, and I certainly have the suspicion that there was a clear plan for what we want to do in this chance window. Uh, quite a lot of that plan hasn't come off. And well, well, OK, OK, uh, stall on here now. What what do you think that plan was? Well, I think that plan was to sign Granite Shacker, which did come off a treat. Hurrah! Um... To sign Jamie Vardy, yeah, it didn't work out quite so well. Not so good, and possibly to have signed uh, Henrik Mkhitaryan, mm. who has ended up at Manchester United. From what you know, from what you read, and from what I hear, that that seems to have been a kind of three-pronged uh, plan, which doesn't necessarily or doesn't
0: very obviously have uh, a fullback. Okay, all right. Um, let's say that that came off. Yes. So we got Jamie Vardy, a 29-year-old striker. We've got Henrik Mkhitaryan uh, co- coming in from Dortmund to play in one of the wide positions. You would imagine. Yeah. Would you be Would you be happy with the state of the squad, or would you still feel like there's more work to do? I think I'd be very content
1: with that business. I think it would be, but I think there would probably. There might be more work to do, but I, for, for me, that sort of depends on outgoings, mm, You know, yeah. Um, like I look at the fullback positions, maybe at centre half um, as areas that could be strengthened. The goalkeeping situation is a little uncertain, but those would be the ones ticked off that I'd be. You know, they're the kind of the positions that I guess are, are the real priorities. Yeah, Cent- yeah. centre backs a big one potentially as well. Yeah, but I agree. Um, I what, agree. What's your yeah? How do you, yeah. you? You've been out of the out of the loop. You've been. And out of the, the furore,
0: the storm, the online discourse, mm. how do you see it coming back into it? Well, I, I, I'm with you. I mean, I think that was the plan, was to sign Vardy. I know we were in for Mkhitaryan, and then we weren't. I don't quite know why that was. I do wonder if the connection between Mourinho and... The agent guy, who's the same agent as Balotelli and a few of the others, what's his name, Raiola, or I believe he's the same agent as Zlatan as well. I yeah, think, uh, there's a big
1: correlation. Yeah, there so I think
0: that I think that might have something might have happened there, which affected our interest or affected our ability to sign Mikatarian. That maybe there was a huge amount of money thrown uh, his way and the agent's way, and I think those connections, which I think. Wenger is a little bit on the outside there when it comes to that particular agent, obviously, uh, George Mendes as well. Mm. Um, So I think maybe we were at a little bit of a disadvantage there. But I do think that if we accept that those are the players we were going for, that there is at least uh, some acknowledgement that these are players that we need. So we need a striker and we need a wide forward. So by being in for them and forbidding for Vardy, and we don't quite know how far the Mikatarian thing went, but, uh, but the interest was genuinely there from an Arsenal point of view, I think that suggests at least that we know we need those players. And I don't, I'd like to think that we're not so naive or so ill-prepared that if what exactly we want to do doesn't happen, we don't have alternatives somewhere that there isn't a second choice or a third choice. I get, I'm hearing people laughing at me right now. Uh, but, you know, I, I've heard Arsene Wenger talk about that before, that, you know, if you don't get your first choice, you've got, to, you've got backup. It's so he said or, as much this yeah. summer.
1: He said, you know, about the striker situation, you have four or five, a list of four or five, and then it's the one that's most practical to do. Yeah. My, my only concern with that is the, the summers in the past where we've seen this play out where we haven't got the top targets, you know, the likes of Suarez or Higuain and, and haven't responded by bringing in someone mm. of lesser quality because Arsene doesn't like to do that. One wonders yeah. if the sort of the pure numbers of the situation, the lack of options in the squad will suddenly force his hand this year.
0: Um, well, I mean, look, let's, t- let's talk about the striker thing f- first. We don't have a striker. For the start of the season, because Olivier Giroud is not coming back until the start of August or the second week of August, assuming he gets that uh, four week break. You know, the idea of playing Olivier Giroud in, in the first game of the season well, it's not ideal, but it's the best option that we have right now. So, I mean, we really do have to address that particular situation because if Giroud comes back fatigued, out of form, picks up an injury, you know, what what sort of state is this squad in? It's, you know, it's it's in rag order from a striking point of view. So I think maybe i 'm wrong here, or maybe i 'm being hopelessly optimistic, but I take some comfort in the fact that at least we know they know they need these players it 's now whether or not they can get them in time for the for the new season maybe I think you 're right there, but I think that the my concern is that
1: and, and but you know for sure these articles aren 't anything to be taken as gospel, but if you look at the start of the summer, you know the, the strikers that Arsenal were linked with quite a lot of those mm. now feel like they're not an option so Vardy would be one uh, Murata was heavily talked about but seems to be staying at Madrid now Lacazette there was you know a lot of talk in the telegraph and mm. other papers about him the Lyon president's come out and said he'll be staying um, even someone like Batshuayi, who was you know very tenuously linked has gone to Chelsea yeah i, I mean i Higuain, uh, you know, it, it, I think is just incredibly expensive. And there's a lot of chat about Juventus too. If They, they might be flush with that Pogba money. It is actually, it's just the, the dwindling of options, I yeah. think, that is the concern with, sure. with that particular position.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are a couple of standout candidates, but it's whether or not those deals are not within our reach, but whether they're within our philosophy to a certain extent. Because you look at someone like Higuain, who will cost a fortune, an absolute fortune, and is 28, going to be 29 relatively soon. Um, You know, whether Arsene Wenger can put that to one side and and bring him in, uh, it remains to be seen. Whether he's open to it, I'm not quite sure. Um so yeah I mean it, it is it is the options and then I think as well uh, the wide man that we need to bring in because our our options there are are unconvincing to start the season with as well because well, Theo Walcott Arsene Wenger hasn't wanted to play him there really other than use him as an occasional sub Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain stunk the place out last season now maybe that was just a bad season for him but you know you got to be worried Not about the one before Yeah but you know, you've got to be worried about his injury situation as well that he is uh, chronically well not chronically that's the wrong word to use but frequently injured and that mm. then affects his ability to perform Alex Iwobi great talent but 19 Alexis Sanchez is going to come back and God knows what state his uh, his ankle is going to be in and then where are we we're looking at Joel Campbell and, and what you know so uh, and that's not to downplay Joel Campbell but you know I think we need something more in the forward areas and I think that's got to be the, the priority this season
1: uh, is in terms of the striker, is there any story or any rumor out there that you think that sounds like it could be the one? Is there anything that you give particular credence or you have a no, hunch
0: on? no? I, I I genuinely don't know anything. I think there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of speculation, a lot of names linked. You look at Icardi being mentioned this morning. Yeah. You know, uh, Morata. I think there's just people are saying Arsenal need a striker. These are the strikers who are more or less available. And I think that's where most of the speculation is. I think most of it is speculation. I don't think we've got any real idea of what Arsene Wenger wants to do in terms of bringing in either a striker or a wide player. I don't think anybody knows. Now, maybe it's a case that they're playing their cards very, very close to their chest. Some would take the silence as meaning, well, there's nothing going on. In this day and age, you you tend to hear... Because of agents, because of social media, because of uh, clubs leaking mm-hmm. things, you tend to hear what 's happening at least there's something with some grain of truth to it. Uh, you know a bid might have been turned down or or maybe we've been told no, you know, come back with a bigger bid, et cetera, et cetera there's usually that kind of stuff floating around there's nothing i don't i don't believe we've got any particular interest in any of the players. Uh, whose names are being uh, bandied around at this moment in time? At least, there's nothing there. There's no evidence to suggest that is that any of it is any more than paper talk for me.
1: Yeah, well, I imagine there. I imagine the way transfers work. There probably are talks being had, you know, by various mm. intermediaries and agents claiming to represent Arsenal, who may not have the correct authority. You know, people trying to match make essentially. Play yeah, Cube would yeah. be like, "Well, there's a striker. There's a club who needs a striker." can I make this deal happen and make some money out of it? Um, but what I sense is that Arson for his part, isn't, hasn't got a clear direction he wants to go, simply because if, if he did, we'd be going down it, you imagine. And uh, maybe he's waiting for certain cards to fall in a certain way, as, well, yeah. as he
0: potentially did with Mesut Ozil in 2013. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Well, look. That's yeah. That's kind of where we are with those four positions. I mean, maybe there is stuff going on in the background. Maybe it's all happening and it'll burst into life. But maybe, maybe if we're just sitting waiting, I, I, you know, come back to the Jamie Vardy thing, and I, I don't think they thought even for a second that he would turn us down. You know.
1: I wonder how he. How do you think he feels about that decision with N'Golo Kante off to Chelsea and Riyad Mahrez reportedly now looking to. To
0: Leave the club. That's a that's a very good question. That's a very good question, and we've got a question on that which we might come to in okay. the uh, in the questions bit. So, but l- let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Riyad Mahrez on the market. Should we?
1: I, I mean, I I honestly can't give you an argument why not. Really, I mean, he he. He fits the the Wenger mould in so many ways. Um, he's a young player still, relatively. I think he would be expensive because you're signing from another Premier League t- side and the money in this division is is crazy at the moment. Mm. But uh he'd be a great fit. He'd be a great fit. You can see him on that right hand side potentially, you know, cutting in field onto his left foot. Um he gives you another option at number ten, not as if we're shy of those, but I think he's a a really exciting talent and he offers crucially end product he offers goals and assists yeah. which for, you know the likes of Alex I say Chamberlain and to an extent here, walk up slightly flattered to deceive in that respect in recent years and uh, I think I think he'd be a great addition. Mm-hmm. I'd find it very difficult to believe that Arsenal could have watched Leicester as much as he has and held the interest in Vardy that he has spoken as glowingly about
0: Kante as he has done and not be a little bit interested in Moraes. Of course, of course. I mean I think the problem could be that uh, Barcelona are interested. Yeah, I think that may well be the case as well. Yeah, and, and if yeah, if it comes to compete with yeah, that. if if it comes down to him, if it comes down to a choice between Barcelona and Arsenal, I think we're going to lose to be perfectly sure. honest. However... I mean, he,
1: he could always go to Arsenal and then leave us for Barcelona. I mean, that's a yeah, well-trodden pass. Exactly,
0: exactly. Give us a couple of years and we'll make sure you get to Barcelona. Yeah a, a Just yeah, a pit
1: stop. Just a pit stop along the way.
0: Well, look, you know, maybe that's what you sell him, or maybe you sell them, oh, OK, how, uh, how much are you going to play at Barcelona? How much are you going to play when they've got Messi, Suarez and Neymar? Really? Yeah. I mean, it's a great club and I uh, understand why you would want to go there, but realistically, how much are you going to play there? Are you going to become well, the next Arda Turan?
1: Well, exactly. You know. Ardo went there last season, was banned for a bit, wasn't he? But then uh, <clears throat> he's now l- rumoured to be potentially leaving the club. Yeah. Right? Because if you've got those three available, they're starting, aren't they? There's, yeah. no, there's no debate about that.
0: Mm, for sure, for sure. And you could end up a bit part player. Maybe in time you could force your way into it. But you, you could make a good case to Mares that, look, you could become a really, really important player. For Arsenal, you could become a big, big player in a team that hopefully is gonna challenge for the Premier League. So maybe that's the, the hope that we could hold on to, but I think, you know, when Barcelona come calling it's it's very, very difficult. What about at the back then? Do you see anybody out there? Any names mentioned in terms well, of were you away for the when the Monaco guy was linked, said be the full back? I was, yeah, I didn't really
1: see that. So what happened was there was a guy who was going from Uh, Sorry, he was going from Lille to Monaco, Mm I believe, um, for about 13 million euros. Right. And his name... I forget his first name. Let me look up. Jibril Sidibe. He joined Monaco. But just before he he was... A fee was agreed with Monaco, and then Lequitte uh, reported that Arsenal had made him a last-minute offer uh, at the death, you know, to try and uh, hijack the transfer. Um, And it... It didn't come off in the end. They said that he chose to go to Monaco because he believed he'd get first-team football there. And he was a 23-year-old who could play in either full-back position. Hmm. Um, Right-footer, but he spent most of the season at left-back last year uh, having begun his career as a, a right-back. And uh, I, when that happened, that felt very plausible to me that Arsene might be looking for someone who could offer cover in those two positions yeah. because there's a lot of debate about the future of Matthew Debussy and also Kieran Gibbs. So yeah, that was that was an interesting story that flagged up very briefly, and then the, the mm. Monaco deal went over the line. But I uh, I do wonder if that makes me think maybe they are looking to bring in bulk out the options at the back potentially.
0: Yeah, I, I see stories this morning again uh, linking us with the Bolton defender Rob Holding. Yes, uh, the Wally Downs
1: Junior and the Sun seem to think that we'd go back with a 2 million pound bid next week so right
0: next week yeah i mean there's no rush or anything you know
1: yeah <laughs> there's been a lot of talk about bournemouth being after rob holding i think they've had a bid rejected as have we at this stage so yeah. um yeah that might be one but i mean i, I don't know if i regard that as a, a first team signing yet or or not i don't I, know
0: yeah i don't know i mean it would str- what is what's What's he going to do perhaps that Callum Chambers can't do? Or is he going to replace Callum Chambers while Chambers goes out on loan? I mean, there's still uh, bits and pieces for the manager to sort out. In terms of players like Debushi, who you mentioned, for example, who, who was clearly unhappy last season. There's no reason why he's going to be any happier this season. Uh, and you'd have to say that his attitude and performances were not really that great. So that's an issue for him to sort out. He's got the goalkeeping thing to sort out between Wojciech Szczesny and David Ospina. Who's going to be the number two? Do either of those two want to be a number two goalkeeper? I doubt that they do, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. So he's got that to sort out. There's the Kieran Gibbs thing. Uh, midfield, we're pretty much well-stocked. And then, obviously, uh, up front, the the key issues, I think, for this team and for this manager in the uh, in the transfer market, in the transfer window, are boosting those forward options.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, think about back to the start of the window. We were seeing, I think you and I were both of the opinion that Theo Walcott would probably be sold this summer. Mm. Do you think just simply the, the lack of alternatives, yeah. and the failure to bring on Alcimpa, it's probably kiboshed that for now, hasn't
0: it? Yeah. It has, and obviously Walcott is working hard to to prove himself at 27 years of age after 10 years at Arsenal uh, where nobody (laughs) knows what his best position is or where he should be playing, which is frankly a ludicrous uh, situation for him to be in and for for Arsenal to be in. But, you know, if we bring in a couple of good players up front and Theo Walcott then responds to that and plays well as a substitute and makes, I don't know, performs well, you know, I'm quite happy with that as long as uh, it has an impact. But, you know, the idea of Walcott starting our first game up front, um, you know, after last season, and you know, that's it just it would be shoddy if that were the case. Um I you mean sound you, like you have your head in your hands. Yeah, yeah, I did a little bit, yeah, it was like that. But would you I mean would you be prepared how crucial is it to get the striker before the first game of the season, or would you be prepared to wait until the end of the transfer window to get the right man? I this look, is the I, question, isn't it? I mean surely any signing is gonna be the right man, but you know, can we can we afford to stretch it that far? I'm not sure we can, you know.
1: Mm. I mean Partly because of the difficulty of our fixture list in that early period of the season, but I just think if we if we were to drop points that early on, mm. you know, they the points are as valuable then as they are in May, and it, it makes as big a difference. You, the last thing we want is to be, you know, chasing from from September, yeah. um, you know, and especially when there are teams. I mean, if, if you think about. Jose Mourinho's teams are historically very good starters, aren't they? I mean, that's sort of what they do. They build up a lead yeah. and just sort of cling on to it. So you don't want to be left trailing in their wake or the wake of anybody else. Uh, what did you make of the um, story in The Independent about Chuba pom has been told... Uh, they can't let him go on loan at this stage. I mean, that's just logical, isn't it? I, they just can't afford to. Right?
0: It is logical, but I think there was a bit of shit stirring going on there. The idea that Chuba Akpom would start up front in in our first game. Yeah, I don't think know. that's possible. I mean, look, if that, if that's what happens, then all you can say is that we have gone into the season criminally underprepared. We haven't done what we should do, and I think what I think what's getting people anxious right now is the idea that we we've been aware that the European championships are on. We've been aware that the Copa America is on. We've been aware that this is a team that needs its striking options, its forward options bolstered. We know we needed a striker from the minute we, we needed one last season, even before Danny Welbeck picked up that injury that's going to keep him out. We've known this for a long time. So the idea that we could get to the start of the season and... Play Chuba Agpom, which I don't think will happen. I just want to make that clear. But just that, you know, the idea of that. I think that's what's getting people really frustrated. Like, people want to be behind the team. They do. They really want to be behind the team. They want to have faith and they want to have confidence in the team. But, you know, what is the mood going to be like if we get to the first game of the season and nothing much has happened and something goes wrong? It's going to be fucking like. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Bad. 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 Really bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah, what's the point in trying to be fancy and think of uh, apocalyptic uh, when bad, just bad will do? So, you know, I think I think there's a real need now at this point for the club to put into action their transfer policy and put into action the things that need to be done to make this team competitive, not from the end of August, not from the start of September, not from the end of September when the new players have time to settle in and find their way in a new country, a new club, blah, blah, blah. Get as ready as we can for the start of the season. Uh, and, and hopefully, you know, that will be reflected in performances and results. So let's say, I mean, let's
1: say that Jamie Vardy, for example, in the striking situation was first choice. Would you rather sign the third choice player who's available now? Than wait for the second potentially at the end of the weekend.
0: well yeah it would depend who that is of course we don't know who that mm-hmm. is that's the, that's the thing it? yeah yeah it really is we don't know who that is I, we, I think they wanted to get Vardy done early and fair enough but now that that hasn't happened they need to they need to work just as quickly and with the same with well perhaps more efficiency um, you know I don't think they countenance the fact that Vardy was going to turn us down so um, you know they've got to they've got to work on their on their plan. Uh, and the backups and, and getting these players in because, you know, it's not just a case that uh, we need players to make, uh, you know, to make up the numbers. We need players to make this team properly, properly competitive again. And, uh, you know, if we go into the start of the season without them, well, yeah yeah' well, I'd hate, I'd, us yeah I'd, I'd hate to be like running an online site about Arsenal, <laughs> <laughs> having to deal with all that well, imagine the comment moderation, yeah, oh Jesus, anyway Tricky times look, we've got other things to talk about, um we're gonna do that in part two though with your questions right after this. Welcome back to the Arse Cast Extra. This is the part of the show where we answer the questions that you send to us uh, on Twitter, at Gunnerblog and at Arseblog, and also over on the Arseblog Facebook page. You can check it out. It's facebook.com forward slash the Arseblog. James, just before we get into the questions, mm-hmm. uh, you'll be glad to know that pretty much the whole transfer thing has been solved in your absence during the <laughs> halftime break there while you went to have a wee. Yeah. yeah. David Seaman, yeah. He's, he's figured it out. That's good news. What does he say? Arsene Wenger needs to buy someone.
1: I mean, he's a smart guy, isn't he, Simo? Mm. He uh to be fair, I saw him though in the press the other day saying that Sam Allardyce is the right man to lead England, so I'm not sure his opinion can be held in great
0: esteem anymore. Wow, and it looks like Sam Allardyce
1: is going to be the man it to does. be the England manager. What a what a moment for me as an Englishman. Can you yeah, imagine? I can, I the, you, the
0: pride must be overwhelming. <laughs>
1: yeah it's truly depressing as as i said the news has been awful the last few weeks (laughs) that's just another element there
0: all right well look we'll get on with some questions will we
1: yes let's
0: okay all right well uh this one comes from paul lawler at mm-hmm. Lawler PD and he says thoughts on the Thierry Henry debacle had a job then didn't surely players are big boys and can handle pundits views whoever it is and a follow up question on that from an Arsenal fan at Ken May underscore pad and he says guys aren't you a little disappointed not to see Thierry Henry finish his coaching badges with us
1: yeah we have a few questions about this Chris Barnes also someone in um, I mean it's a tricky one isn't it I think you know, he was obviously working with the under-18s and everyone seemed very happy about that prospect. But Arsene Wenger, I guess, feels that it would be inappropriate for him to continue doing that and be an official club employee whilst also having punditry duties. Mm. Uh, and that might create a conflict of interest, I guess. Um I mean I'm disappointed to to see him no longer part of the club but I do wonder if you know another club might permit him to combine both those jobs and then if there's a stage at which he wants to become a, a full-time coach I don't think necessarily that the door is permanently closed you know mm. uh, I just wonder if it's something that Arsene feels is is not quite right for the way he envisages you know running his staff yeah. uh, what was your what was your take on it
0: um, look, I mean, he, he was given a choice. Here's a full-time job with Arsenal, coaching. But, you know, surely part of uh, the thing being full-time means that it's it's full-time. That's weekends. That's when the players are playing games, the under-18s that you're in charge of, that you're developing as players. But uh, at the weekends, Thierry Henry is, is with Sky. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got work to do there. And people think, you know, uh, it's just a matter of turning up And then, sitting in front of the cameras, there's a lot more goes into it. You know, there's preparation and all that kind of stuff that goes into the punditry role, the punditry job. So, you know, I don't think he could could combine those two roles full-time. And when asked to choose between them, he chose uh, Sky Television. So, I don't know. I mean, look... I don't blame I imagine him for his that Sky TV
1: role is, I imagine his Sky TV role is significantly better paid than whatever. Oh, for
0: sure. Absolutely. It's awesome £4, four million pounds coaching, a year from Sky. So, you know, I, understand it from from, I understand it from from that point of view. I also understand it from the point of view of the manager that if you have a coach, if you want to be a good pundit, and I think uh, Wenger has always said this about Henri, that, you know, he needs to be 100% honest. And Frank with his opinions. And sometimes Arsenal are going to play poorly. Sometimes he's going to have to criticize the manager, the manager's choices, his decisions, his tactics. He's going to have to criticize players, perhaps, for their roles and things. If a player performs badly, he's going to have to say that. And I do wonder if that's the right atmosphere or the right way to to have things on the training ground. That there could be resentment. There could be in, uh, conflict. There could be arguments it might not make uh, the atmosphere uh, as good as it should be. So I understand it from from both point of views. It's a bit of a shame that he's not going to finish his badges with us, but I don't think, as you say, I don't think it closes the door on Thierry Henry and Arsenal forever and ever. I don't think it's a huge fallout between him and Arsene Wenger. They've known each other far too long uh, and respect each other far too much for, for anything like that to happen. But I think, you know, if, if you're offered a full-time job with somebody It's got to be a full-time job, simple as that. Yeah, I think that's fair
1: enough. And, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if we see him return to Arsenal in a a different role, you know, somewhere down the line. Mm. Um, Let's have uh, another question, actually, about a piece of punditry that Thierry Henry did. Right. So Vince, who's at Viva Vincente on Twitter, says, what are your thoughts on Thierry Henry's suggestion that Alexis could play in a Griezmann role off of Giroud next season? We've talked about this before a little bit, haven't we? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Um, it's always the same thing, though, isn't it, right? You can't do it because of Mesut Ozil.
0: Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Unless you move him to a slightly wider position. It would take a tweak in formation, perhaps, as well, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't quite know. I mean, look, it sounds like it could be a thing that works, but whether Alexis has the whether you could give him that discipline, I don't know. I don't know. And then, Tim of course... It's wrote like- a
1: good piece about it for our blog, actually, about... Mm. Uh, it was more about playing Alexis as a central striker, where he basically discussed the fact that, you know, for all his ability and unpredictability, Alexis is tactically uh, sometimes a little inflexible or naive. You know, he's not mm. someone who necessarily acclimat- acclimatises <laughs> brilliantly to different positions on the field. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that feels like that's an option. I still think the better option is by a striker who can kind of do both those things to an extent.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. And then, like, even if we take Alexis is missing a few of the games at the start of the season, he's going to be one of our key wide men. Exactly. So, who do you put there, and and how do you fit that team in? You know, do you? Yeah, it's it's difficult. I can't see that happening to be to be honest. Particularly as well as as Giroud is not going to be around for the first couple of games. We assume, Um, though, it would not surprise me if he came back from his holidays and was uh, was uh, thrown into action straight away thrust into the fray, yeah, that could well happen. All right, well, going back to what we were talking about a bit earlier, uh, and this is from Ben Murphy on Facebook, he says, with Kante gone to Chelsea and Mahrez announcing his desire to leave, will Jamie Vardy reconsider his commitment to Leicester and could have moved back to Arsenal beyond the cards? I mean, we know he's agreed a deal. Has he signed it? They haven't announced that he's actually signed it, have they? I don't think they
1: have. I mean, it was agreed while he was in... France with the England squad wasn't it but one imagines you know fax machines are a big thing in football <laughs> one imagines yeah. it's pretty, pretty simple to get a, a contract signed I can't see that I, I, I mean I almost wonder if even if he was to try and instigate such a thing if the club and certainly the manager Ar- Arsene are almost too proud to to uh, go back for someone who's essentially rejected them Um mm. I just can't see that coming to pass. I think Vardy's decision is made. And I tweeted the other day saying, I wonder how he feels about it now. It looks like many of his teammates are leaving. And actually, I've got a few responses from people saying, well, to be honest, maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he, uh, what he's got is a, a comfortable environment where he's getting paid an awful lot of money. And in some ways, their departures takes the pressure off him. maybe the decision to leave Leicester is an indicator that he's sort of happy with that state of affairs. Mm. So to stay with Leicester is a decision that he's quite content with that. Um, Maybe he didn't necessarily want the pressure of a big move at this stage in his career. So maybe it won't make that much difference to him. I do think it's a massive blow to Leicester, obviously, to lose Kante. And if Maris goes too, they're going to have a tricky time next season. Yeah. Um, but they've got
0: I a good think, scouting setup, don't they, Leicester? So you know you wouldn't put it past them to replace those players very well.
1: Yeah, and they've bought a, a couple of interesting players: uh, Musa, the Nigerian, who's very quick forward, and um, Mendy uh, from Monaco, uh, holding midfielder, kind of in the Cante mould. So it'd mm. be interesting to see how closely they can replicate what they did last season. Mm. Okay, uh, let's have another question. So this is from Arsenal's voice on Twitter. Uh, oh, no, sorry, wrong question. Sorry, Arsenal's voice. I will come back for you. Uh, <laughs> this is from Kyla Bell Goody, who's at Swayze Main on Twitter. And they ask, I don't understand the idea of trading Giroud and money for Higuain. Wouldn't that leave AFC with only one true striker? Do you think they're, they're, that's complete bullshit, that rumour? I
0: think if you got a bull, yeah, right, and then you made him eat another bull, mm-hmm. and his mm-hmm. shit was actually made of that bull, and then he shit that out, it's not even as much bullshit. I think if
1: he then ate that and then shit that out, yeah, that's that's where we are with this.
0: Yeah, There's, You could do this indefinitely. Yeah, pretty much. Like if we could go to herds of bulls, flocks of yeah. bulls, whatever they are, um, a flock of bulls would be great, wouldn't it? Just soaring. Yeah, soaring through the sky, that would be amazing. But anyway, no, I think it's absolutely ludicrous. Um, you know, I can understand Arsenal being interested in Higuain, I can't understand Arsenal giving away their main striker, like him or loathe him, whatever it is. You don't give away your only striker to bring in one other striker. You know, Arsenal is a club, and I know this could be a shock to people, that has suffered from time to time with players being injured and thus being unavailable, not being mm, able mm. to play. Mm. So imagine how mad it would be to to give away your only real striker and bring in one guy and then he gets injured, and then what happens? I mean, the idea is to augment what we have. It's to add to the squad. It's not to sort of uh, give things away and replace them. There are certain areas where you can replace. Right, let's say Kieran Gibbs goes, we replace him with another left back. But what we need, we're in, we're in need of another striker, not just one to replace Giroud. We need to uh, add to the squad, to augment the squad, to add depth, to add quality, to add options. So the idea of giving giving uh, Giroud as part of a deal to bring in Higuain is absolutely just yeah. It's not bullshit. It's whatever bullshit isn't that's worse than bullshit.
1: I agree. I can't I can't see any... I mean, it was funny, Jerus agent piped up, didn't he, and sort of said, oh, yeah, Naples sounds nice. Um, oh,
0: did he? I didn't see that.
1: Kind of, yeah. He was like, well, you know, he would consider it if he was told he had to leave. It's, you know, a nice place or something like that. Mm. But I don't think there's anything to it, necessarily. I think he was, the question was just put to him and he gave it an answer. Um, I, I can't see that. I, I just also... The whole Higuain thing, I mean, we talked about it briefly before, I just can't see Arsene parting with that kind of money for any player.
0: No. Well, uh, I could see him parting with that much money for a player who he could get five or six years out of. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But I, mean, I can't... Yeah. If you look at
1: the two rumours coming out of Serie A at the moment, Higuain and Icardi, um, you know, Icardi's half the price and six years younger, and one of those sounds a lot more like an Arsene Wenger signing than the other. Mm. Um not that I necessarily believe there's much to that one either. It's just no, another I don't one think so. of these
0: names. Yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, all a lot of like a lot of really great stuff comes out of Italy, like hmm. pizza, pasta. But a lot of complete and utter shit comes from Italy too. How many times have we heard Sky Italia says blah blah as if Sky Italia is supposed to be some kind of um, beacon of truth. Yeah, and righteousness. Pretty much, once you hear the word Sky Italia attached to a story, you go, "Oh, fuck off."
1: To be honest, it's the same with you know Tuttosport or Calcio Macato. A lot of these publications. As soon as I see the name attached, I'm like, "Ah, oh, well, this yeah. is absolute nonsense." Or they're people who've got very direct lines with agents who are just you know constantly staring. Mm. trying to stir. I think there is something
0: cards. to be said for that, though, because of the way the the press works and the media works there and in Spain as well, where you've got four. Uh, four newspapers dedicated to sport, uh, daily newspapers. What? They've got to fill them, haven't they? Yeah, they've got to fill them, exactly. Yeah, I thought you said they've got to film. I was going, someone's made a film about that? That would <laughs> be really fucking weird. Uh, but yeah, I think there is the demand to create content. I mean, there's there's a certain amount of it, obviously, in the UK as well, with the, the newspapers uh, and now the online presences having to become essentially content farms for every single piece of, like, nonsense information that ever gets out there. You know, somebody liked somebody's picture on Instagram and started following somebody else's cousin and all that kind of stuff that leads to, you know, all the bollocks that's out there but you know particularly in those countries i think you know this established media where they do have these contacts and where we know that transfers uh, and contract negotiations with current clubs in particular um are are, you know you hear about a player going well he he's been linked with a move here there and everywhere and then he signs a, a deal with his current club that you know the agents and the players they use the media to as part of that as part of the whole brinksmanship so um yeah I, I just don't believe any of it. Don't believe any mm. of it. So probably a, probably a wise position to take. Mm. Uh, uh whose question is It's it? my, it's my turn. Uh, okay. Gunnar DS at Gunnar D. I think we've probably already answered this actually uh, who says what will be worse not addressing the striker situation or the defense this summer?
1: I think the striker. Yeah. I think the striker, but I, I do think that it's um the defense is something that needs to be looked at potentially, but definitely the the attacking third of the field is the one that concerns
0: me yeah, the most. Yeah, for me um, as well. Shouldn't have bothered yeah. asking that. We knew that one.
1: We knew that. No, but it's good to reaffirm, isn't it? Yeah. Just in case anyone's listening. Yeah. I've got a question that's from me, actually. From you? Well, I've just thought of it now, but okay. I want to ask you it. Is that OK? Yeah. So this one's from Gunner Blog. Great name. Right, oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they ask, <laughs> how do you feel about the... Uh, How confident are you about the contract negotiations for Meza Erzl and Alexis Sanchez at the moment?
0: Not very. (laughs)
1: Because that's their two signings that, you know, I think are pretty important this summer as well.
0: Yeah, I think, I think this is an issue that's flying a little bit under the radar at the moment because of the, because of the need for immediate squad strengthening, right? Mm. I think we're all focused on, are we going to buy a striker? Are we going to buy a center half? Are we going to buy a wide man? All very, very good things to be concerned about and talking about at this moment in time. But under the radar there is the fact that Mesut Ozil and Alexis Sanchez are going into the final two years of their contract. I think we're heading to a situation next summer where both of them would have a year left if we don't tie them down to new deals. I also think if you look at the contract expiries of, of some of the players that we have, there are other issues there as well. So oh dear, frightening me now. Okay, well look, I don't know, Kieran Gibbs has maybe got two years left on his contract. Per Mertesacker is out of contract at the end of the season. Laurent he's I think he could have two years left on his contract. Mm. Monreal... I think he signed a new deal early in January. Aaron Ramsey hasn't signed a new deal since 2012. Jack Wilshere, I can take or leave it because Jack is, you know, uh, has a lot to prove. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, two years left on his contract. We're going into the final two years of his contract. Coquelin signed a a fairly new contract. Olivier Giroud into the final two years of his contract. Um, You know, there are issues there with important squad members. We're looking at having to do some contract renewal stuff as well. And if I were Alexis Sanchez and if I were Mesut Ozil right now, I wouldn't sign a new deal with Arsenal. No. Because I would want to see that it's worth my while spending the next couple of years of my football career. And I think you're looking at Alexis at 27, Mesut Ozil's, what, 25, 26? How old Mm -hmm. is Mesut? You look that not up there. Sure. I'll have a look. Yeah, he's uh, twenty-seven. He's twenty-seven. So basically, the peak years of their of their footballing career, twenty-seven to thirty, thirty-one. Right? These are when you're at your your best as a footballer, for the most part, because you're more experienced. You're physically fully there. You know, you you. These are the years when you're going to do it. And for those two, they're looking at an Arsenal squad with one striker, and you're thinking, is this a club that has the ambition to match mine? They want to win things. They want to win the Champions League. They want to win the Premier League. Would you, if you were them, either of them now, unless you had some, like, cast-iron assurances from Arsene Wenger and Ivan Gazidis about players, specific players that were coming to this club, would you sign a new deal until you saw that the club actually had spent the money that would would demonstrate the ambition that you want to see?
1: Probably not, no, because both players can get a move to pretty much any club that they like, I imagine. Um, you know, they're in that top echelon of players. Mm-hmm. Alexis reaffirmed that with what he did this summer with Chile and the Copper America, one player of the tournament. Has uh, had a decent Euros, actually, in a, a Germany side that probably underachieved. Mm. And I think, you know, the closer they get to the contract, the, the greater their earning potential becomes as well. Yeah, uh, And that won't have escaped their attention. I mean, I was reassured that I saw those quotes coming out of Juventus from Marotta, the director there, saying that they did bid for Alexis and yeah. were told firmly that he wasn't for sale. That was a relief to me in some ways. I, I was a little bit worried about that potential transfer in the back of my mind.
0: Well, let me tell you something. As far... From what I'm told, it was quite touch and go with Alexis right. this yeah. summer that our intention to keep him was not necessarily matched by his intention to stay. mm mm-hmm. Yeah. So... <laughs> You know we're already on, on on precarious ground there with him, so I think if you can if you bring in players and he enjoys his football and he scores lots of goals and he can win things with Arsenal, then I think that's you know that's the way you convince him to stay. You don't convince Alexis Sanchez to stay by saying here's a five year contract uh, for two hundred and fifty grand a week or here's an increase on your salary of forty grand a week. I don't think that's what it is. I don't think that's the issue. I think no. it's making him happy to play football for Arsenal. And I'm not saying the money is is irrelevant in any way, but what I what I think in particular with him, and also I think with Ozil to a certain extent, is that the money is secondary. Because I don't think they want to be in a team that, that fails consistently. And the money's so
1: big at that point. Do you know what I mean? It's almost yeah. like, what does an extra twenty grand I don't do you know what I mean? I mean. I mean that sounds ludicrous, but they're they're gonna earn massive, massive amounts of money whoever they play for. Yeah. Um They can always follow Graciano Pelle to China if, if that's what it's about. Yeah. But uh it's not. I think and I think particularly in the case of Alexis, I think it's so clear that he's someone who has to enjoy what he's doing on the mm. field. Um and I think that winning is what is what makes the difference for him, you know. Mm. Um so yeah, I was relieved uh that Arsenal didn't welcome Juventus' interest but the fact that they were bidding for him shows how precarious this position is and it, it is a I know there's been talk in papers that they have you know at various stages potentially provisionally agreed new contracts but the mm-hmm. fact that nothing's been announced feels feels somewhat telling
0: to yeah, me Yeah and again on top of all that all the other players whose contracts need to be looked at one way or the other make a decision one way or the other are you going to let these guys get to one year left on their contracts you know play that game or you know, do you try and tie them down? Because recently we've been we've been quite good at making sure that we don't get into those uh, almost Bosman situations. You know, yeah. Um, so I, I think there's a, there's a lot of work to be done there. Not I mean, just on uh, not just on signings.
1: Look at Aaron Ramsay. I mean, he was named in the team of the tournament for the Euros. I think there'd be no shortage of interest in him. According to Transfer Market, which isn't always hundred percent reliable, his deal expires in twenty eighteen as well. Yeah. So. That's another massive player uh, in that position. Um, do you think there's any correlation between the uncertainty over some of these players' future and the uncertainty over the managers future? Well, that is
0: the that's the big question, isn't it? Yeah mm. I mean there might well be maybe that's maybe that's part of what's affecting the transfer business as well. is that maybe we're talking to players who are going, yeah I, yeah I, but I don't know if if Arsene Wenger's is going to be here next year. And we've spoken before about how, you know, players like a little bit of stability. That you know if a manager is buying you for his team, that he likes you. That he has got some faith in you as a player, that he'll give you chances and opportunities. Whereas if you have to start again under a new manager next season, you you know, I think that does have an impact on, on players. So, yeah, maybe the whole thing is, uh, is having an impact on, A, uh, making signings and also uh, the renewals. Maybe they don't want to renew until they know either Arsene Wenger is staying or who might be coming in to replace him.
1: Well, it could work either way. Yeah, couldn't it? there may be players who are not not as adverse to change. Who mm. you know, wait and see how that
0: plays Although, out. Although, as you, I mean, as you did point out. Um, when we signed uh, Mesut Ozil it was I mean, a, a similar situation with 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 Arsene Wenger where nobody yeah. knew if he was going to stay or not and it, you know so that didn't impinge on that deal it just meant that that deal went through very very late in the transfer window and that was a bit like you know things falling into place sure. so um so yeah so well, well, good, see. good question, Gunnarvlog. That was a really Call good question. Call again, by all means. <laughs> nice one, nice one. OK, here's one from Ramakrishnan, at Ramakrishnan21, who wants to know, Chuba Akpom, could he do what Kane did for Spurs the season before last? Didn't have a great loan season, but then came back and started banging them in? I mean, I guess, yes, if football
1: teaches you anything, it's that Harry Kane can become an international striker and Leicester City can win the Premier League. Things things can surprise you. Mm. I, I must be honest, my, I'm not expecting that from Tuba. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would be enormously surprised if that came to pass. Yeah, I, I know Harry Kane didn't actually have a great time of it in a bunch of different loan spells. And I appreciate the fact that for a striker, it's probably easier to play in a good team, right? Like yeah. if Tuba Akpon played 30 games for Arsenal, he'd score more goals than he would in 30 games at Hull. I would, I would argue, even at the Premier League level. Yes, I would, I would say that's true. Um, that said, i i have I have been hoping for him to make more impact in his various loan spells than he has done,
0: mm.
1: and I think that I, I can't see it. I can't see it. And more's the point. I don't think Arsenal should gamble on that being a possibility.
0: Yeah, I think that. I think that's very reasonable. <laughs> I would back that up one hundred percent.
1: Yeah, I, you know, Akpom, Akpom and Sonogo are kind of the two young strikers in the squad, and I think it's plausible that one of them will be kept around until Danny Welbeck's back from injury. Mm. Um, which one of those two we we don't know. I mean, Akpom seems like the brighter prospect, but we know that Arsenal has massive faith in Sonogo, and he, you know, has has thrown him into big occasions before. So yeah. it'd be f- interesting to see what happens with those two. Um, I mean, Akpom has had some good pre-seasons, hasn't he, in the past? And you imagine he'll get another opportunity to show that uh, this summer. But I don't. I don't think that necessarily makes him the guy to count on in the Premier League. No, no.
0: I'd be very surprised (laughs) if that happened. For for, uh, you know, the circumstances for him to play that many games to score that many goals would be, frankly, just unthinkable.
1: The thing is about Kane is that he was actually granted those opportunities to shine by Spurs' participation in the Europa League, primarily. So they had domestic cup runs and they were in the Europa League and he he was part of that Europa League team. When they changed the side, he would come in and he would invariably score goals. And eventually that led to him becoming the Premier League striker. The issue for someone like Akpom is... You can't necessarily see him getting those opportunities yeah. uh, at Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, true. True! Um, so right. I think maybe another loan wouldn't be the worst thing. Okay, have you got another one? I have got one, it's not about football. Okay. It's from Vroom Fondel at I Am Vroom Fondel, and he says you can only have one type of jam ever again. Strawberry or raspberry? Strawberry. Okay, why? Because I like strawberries more than raspberries. So I'm going to tell you something now, and you're going to think this is mental, I think. Okay. If you gave me strawberry jam and you gave me raspberry jam, I would have no clue what the difference was.
0: Well, one is made from strawberries, and the other is made from raspberries. Oh.
1: No, but in absolute seriousness, I, I would not be able to tell you, I don't think... I, well, I've been alive for 30 years. I...
0: I've never consciously known if I've eaten strawberry jam or raspberry jam. Well, th- there's a couple of easy ways to figure this out. Normally, God, this one is on, good. on the outside of the jar or the little, you know, the little, uh, sometimes mm. you get the little plastic things in a hotel. Right. right. Um, it, it usually has a picture of the fruit on it or okay. indeed the name of it. So just looking at that would, would tell you that's one way.
1: I've never seen a strawberry or a raspberry. And I don't how to write or spell either of those
0: <laughs> words. That's another factor in this. Uh, raspberry jam tends to have more pips in it right that's how you really know well leaving aside the fact that it tastes of raspberries
1: again i don't i'm not sure i've ever eaten a raspberry I've, i've had raspberry jam but i can't correlate that with what a raspberry is if that makes any sense i know what a raspberry is but if, I, if you gave me a spoon of raspberry jam and a strip spoon of strawberry jam, I would say that both were red and delicious, and I'm not sure my palate's more sophisticated than that.
0: Raspberry jam tends to be a bit darker as well than strawberry jam. Okay, well, that yeah. I can use. Strawberries are more vibrant. They've got a more more vibrant red. Almost, okay. almost a strawberry red. Mm. And raspberries are, are darker. Raspberries like raspberry, jam raspberry red. Is almost, yeah, but it's almost. darker than that dark
1: darker than, than a rare.
0: raspberry red okay Interesting. so that, that would be it for me i mean if you if you had to choose now based on this new information that you've got strawberry right okay be- because uh
1: why am i having the pips i'm not I like you're not a pip you know, guy you don't like the pips if that yeah well if there... if it's much of a muchness for me between the two i'll go pip three.
0: yeah what about marmalade do you like marmalade with bits of orange peel in it is that
1: is that red <laughs> I, hang on <laughs> <laughs> marmalade, right. Yeah. Jams and preserves are sort of not my... We had the big debate about butter and jam before, Yeah, we did didn't that, we did
0: that. Let's not open up that can of worms again, man.
1: Okay, fine. So what I'm saying, marmalade, I don't think I've ever eaten marmalade. Hang on, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. No, come on. I'm not, I'm not messing around. Listen, how could I'm you... I'm listening, I'm <laughs> listening. How could you never have eaten marmalade? What? Do, I'm I not mean- Paddington Bear or something, I don't know. I... I Oranges don't naturally occur in Hertfordshire, where I'm from.
0: Yeah, but neither do fucking um, other things that you can buy. Yeah, exactly, that you can buy freely in the shops. Like normally in a house, uh, you would have a a jar of jam and a jar of marmalade. People would have some marmalade on their toast. Oh, Oh, sorry, I didn't live in your magical preserved childhood where you (laughs) all had a jam of everything.
1: We had one... One jar of jam, and I don't know if it was raspberry or strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> it, the label had come off years ago. Right. Well, I, can't, I, I don't think I've ever eaten marmalade. Well, look, let's do that live on air next week. I'll get some marmalade and I'll eat it and give you my feedback. Yeah, let's actually. Yeah, let's do that.
0: Let's do okay. that. You can have
1: marmalade on toast. I'll get marmalade. Strawberry and raspberry jam, yeah. And I'll tell you what I think. All right, week. this is
0: brilliant. Okay, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. That's... I'm looking forward. To it. We're all learning something now. All right, brilliant. um <laughs> Anyway, I can't believe you've never had marmalade. This is fucking, well, ridiculous. There you this go. Is fucking ridiculous. I, I mean, knows. whatever about not ever having a Nando's—that's just overpriced chicken. But marmalade, it's part of the fabric of life.
1: Wow. There we go. They wouldn't go well together, I imagine. Yeah. I imagine. I don't
0: know. No, I've you don't know. But well, we, will, we will find out live on air next week. This is going to be absolutely outstanding. It's going to be a must-listen show. For f- Yeah, nobody's ever done this. This is going to be no. just superb. Okay, one quick final one for me. And it's a question to me, but I, and I'll answer it, but then I'll ask you for your one. So okay. this comes from John Booth, at John Booth underscore 74. And he says, uh, question for Arscast. James is ill, but Arsenal provide a player to take his place. Who do you pick? Ooh. Yeah, so I would I would pick, and I am I think it would make a great podcast. I think, you know, we'd have the chemistry. I think it would work really well. I think Per Murtisaka would be a great co-host if you were ill. Okay.
1: Yeah. I think he'd be good.
0: Yeah. I think he would be good. So, yeah. Am I thinking if you're ill or if I'm ill? No, if I'm ill. So if I'm ill... And somebody else has to do an, an Arsenal player to do the podcast with you. Who who would you choose?
1: Oh, difficult. Not Aaron Ramsey. He's he's <laughs> the first one crossed off my list. <laughs> Honestly, anything but that.
0: Look at this microphone. It's a really nice microphone. And when <laughs> I talk into the microphone. Words come out, and I can see the words in visual format here in front of me. This is ever so exciting.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. No, thank you. So a couple of contenders. I think Wojciech Szczesny would have a flair for broadcasting. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, yeah. Um, And the other one, just based on the little bits and pieces that I've seen off Arsenal.com and on their YouTube channel, Hector Bellerin. I'd enjoy working with Hector Bellerin. Yeah, yeah, two good choices there. There's a vivacity to his his presentation style that I like, and also that bewildering Cockney Spanish accent.
0: Oh, it would go so well with your home county's um, twang, yeah, yeah. twang, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so
1: one of those two, I think. All would right, be
0: great, brilliant. Uh, well, we'll, we'll uh, that would be great if Arsenal, if you're listening, if any of us are real, if you could just pass us on those phone numbers and you know have these backup presenters would be great for us.
1: Yeah, Be really when good. you were on holiday last week,
0: could have been me and Hector. Yeah. Wow. On the ground on time. That would have been great. That really would mm. have been good. Okay, well, look, we're going to leave it there because uh, we've been talking a while and uh, it's time for us to go and do other things. But uh, we're glad to be back, glad to have you back listening. And uh, we'll catch you on next week's show in which James is going to eat jam and marmalade for the first time live on air. It's all ahead of us. Huge news, exciting times. All right, have a good one. Bye-bye.